orchestras and things like that. And they just didn't come to pass. And a few times in later in, in life when I had began to play on worship teams, I was asked by a few worship leaders, do you regret not pursuing your career as a violinist? And I had to think about it. You know, automatically you would say, oh, yeah, sure. But no, I had to think about it. And I came to the realization that I learned to play to do this, not to be in an orchestra somewhere. Although orchestra playing is fun. Playing with any group of musicians is fun. But this is why I, I think I learned. But through all that time, there's been lots of hardship. There's been lots of trials. And they keep coming every day, every week. You don't know what that's going to happen. Like I said, I'm, I'm ready for dull. We don't do dull here. But God has told me a couple times vividly that this trial is refining you. This test is measuring how much you will go, how far you will go, how far you are willing to go. This valley you're in is preparing you for the mountains you will climb. This delay, that's my favorite, this delay is disciplining you. And of all of this, God is working for you. That could be for me, that could be for anybody. God is working for you. These valleys are, are to prepare you for the mountains. These tests are, are preparing you and measuring you how far you are, you are able to go. And believe me, you can go much farther than you think you can with his help. That's kind of a rabbit trail because it has nothing to do with what else I was going to talk about. But what we're talking about is worship. The Bible... Mentions worship. I'll find it here. God's got a passion for worship, a passion for singing. Uh, God's heart for setting words to melodies is evident even with a casual reading of Psalms. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day, Psalms 96, verses 1 to 2. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. That's Psalm 47, 6. In just four, four verses, we are commanded to sing seven times in four verses. The Bible contains over 400 references to singing and 50 direct commands to sing. 400, 400 references to singing, and we're commanded to sing 50 times. When I was very, very young, I, this is as far as I can remember back, probably. 
given the, the location where I remember asking my mother this question. Mama, how do I talk to Jesus? And she simply said, you talk to him when you sing. And it's stuck to me to this day. And even though I don't sing much, I sing with the, my instrument I sing with. It sounds better than my voice. Believe me, it does. But uh, God's got a passion for singing. That's how you talk to him. That's why worship is so important. You can't just come in and play A, B, C, D, and E and sit down and get a word and expect to get something out of it. Your vision of angels, one of the earliest visions I had in church when Terry and I first met, and she dragged me to this crazy place where these hippies were playing music, uh, was that I saw God in there, and he was having a good time. He was just kind of leaned back, big smile on his face, like, yeah, this is good. I had never seen anything like that before, even heard anything like that before. I was really concerned where she had taken me, but it all worked out. Even after the elders tried to talk her out of it, she married me anyway. Even after, and I will admit that I lied and said, oh, yeah, I'm saved. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wanted to avoid the issue. If you understand what I'm saying. I didn't want to get into an argument about why I wasn't. Or I said, no, just no, no. And when the, the wife of one of the elders of the church during worship, and back then worship was loud. I mean, it was loud. And the church we were in was an older church with the wooden pews. When she reached over the pew and grabbed me by the collar, said, you are saved, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. We don't want nobody, one of you heathens, marrying our girl. They tried talking her out of it. Tried talking me out of it. God had better plans. She did marry me. And then God got me. I learned later that she had she would have these Bible studies in the house and I'd go out and tinker in the garage. And uh, from what I was told that their main focus was they would gather together in the living room and pray, God, get him. And he did. Hasn't let go since. But all because of worship. Even before we started playing, worship opened up the heavens. And it does every time we sing. Every time we worship God, it opens up the heavens. When God, well, excuse me, why does God hear this little thing? So why does God so often tell us simply not to praise him, but to sing his praises when we meet? We meet you on the street, we sing praises to God. We just don't come here and praise him on Sunday because that's our job. No, this is our, this is what we, we need to do. 
so why not just pray and preach? Why sing? Why are God's people throughout history always singing? Why words and music and not just words? Why does God want us to sing? One reason is that God himself sang. You find it in Zephaniah 3.17. God exalts over his people with loud singing. God sang. And this one I didn't realize before. On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus sang hymns with his disciples. He knew what was happening. He was worshiping, singing hymns with his disciples. Find it in Matthew 26, 30, Hebrews 2, 12, and Psalms 22, 22 to Jesus when it says, In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And Ephesians 5 tells us that one effect of being filled with the Spirit is addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with the Lord, making melody to the Lord with, with your heart. We worship a triune God who sings and wants us to. Doesn't matter how good you sing. Doesn't matter how loud you sing or bad you sing. It's just that you're willing to worship him. Terry and I are privileged beyond measure with the opportunity to worship in front of people, to play our instruments or play our, our toys. <laughs> we have lots of toys. We may need to hire a roadie here pretty soon, so anybody needing a little few extra bucks. Shannon moved out. Uh, we lost ours. But there is so much power in the song. This morning... I was texting Chris. It's okay if I share this. How you doing? So I love you. Love you too. I just wish this uh, shaking would stop. And I just felt the Lord said, sing to him. A little while later she said, where is it? Maybe I ought to read it. Shaking stopped eight minutes ago. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the song. There is no better example to me than that beautiful lady back there in the corner. Most of you know the story. Shannon came to us real early. 30 weeks. 32 weeks, 34 weeks, weighed three pounds. You can put her in your hand. Uh, Terry was in the hospital almost a week trying to get them to stop the contractions. And as soon as they thought they did, she did it again. <laughs> Overachiever. It was a traumatic day. We were in Sedalia, not the best place to have a preemie. They're going to load her in the hospital, fly her to, or load her in the ambulance or the helicopter. I'll get it right. Told you I'm on medication. 
load her in the helicopter, fly her to Columbia. At that, that time, a storm came by. She, they couldn't fly. I won't get into all the details, but uh, so they put her in an ambulance with some rather novice attendees. And as she pulled away, I had to drive 20 miles south to our house, get stuff, and then drive to Columbia and meet her there. As she pulled away, I jokingly gave her a kiss. I said, try not to have this baby on the Missouri River Bridge. Ha ha. Guess where her water broke? She thought of me not very kindly at that moment. But uh, for, the, for the bulk of the story, I won't go into it. We'll let Terry do that. But the thing is, when she got, I got to the hospital and she wasn't there. I beat them to the hospital. They got detoured. That's another issue. She came in, finally got there. Shannon was born within 15 minutes of her hitting that door. And barely enough time for me to get into a gown. And I remember when she was born, she was uh, blue-gray. And all I could do was sing. I didn't know. Didn't know if she was alive if she was not alive. By the actions of everybody in the room, she was not. I remember sitting at her head singing, Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. They rushed her into another room, had the bag on her, trying to do everything they can to get some life into the little girl. She's a promise from God. The nurse came in, grabbed me. She wants to see your daughter. And I walked in there, and they were bagging her. And as soon as I walked through the door, hey, she's breathing on her own. That's the power of a song. Give it to God. Doesn't matter what it is. If you're shaking because you got a cold or a fever. Give it to God. If you're trying to find a new opportunity, just give it to God. If you're trying to, trying to keep a straight face, well, give it a message. <laughs> I did mention I'm on drugs, right? You give it to God. There is nothing more powerful than the praise and the worship that is given to him willingly because he gives it back to you. Every prayer is answered, whether you like the answer or not, every one of them is answered. 
the friends I've made here are answered prayer. Every one of you. This is family. All of you. The day I ran into Dan at the coffee aisle at Walmart, figured the coffee aisle at Walmart. That was answered prayer. Because I missed my brother. And we hurt when our friends and our leaders are hurting. But there's nothing more powerful than that song. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds in me. One of the ways we can praise him other than song is in communion. I didn't even know we were having it today, so I think at this time, why don't we all, if you can, who's going to pass out the elements while they're doing that? I told you this was unorganized, though. One or the other really telling uh, in the Bible examples of the power of the song is when Paul and Silas were in prison. They were down there worshiping and singing and all of a sudden the ground shook and the chains fell off and the doors fell open. And the guards were scared because they thought, what are we going to do? And they ended up worshiping with them. They didn't leave. God's in control. Daniel playing for Saul to, huh? David, Daniel, David. I told you I'm on drugs. Okay. I can't read my writing. That goes into another thing there. You know, there is biblical truth about uh, musical prophecy, prophesying with instruments. When you see Terry and on occasion me, I wander around. That's what we're trying to do. We prophesy with our music, and music can reach into your, to your soul. And, and there's just lots of that we can talk about that more later because she's the expert there. But I have seen and, and, wit and been able to worship with people who did that, worshiped with and prophesied with their instruments. Uh, LaDonna Taylor, I don't know if anybody knows who that is. She's a violinist. She was a Benny Hinn's violinist, something like that. Wonderful lady. She came to Sedalia twice. I was blessed to be able to play with her when she did come. But she would walk down the aisle and people would fall out. She would spin down the aisle and play. Please keep in mind you will probably never see me spin and play. At my age, 
if I spinned, I would fall and play. But that we can go into later. But right now, Father God, we thank you that you gave us a way. We thank you that you've given us a song and that you let us give back to you that song. Chris, would you pray over the 